0: Batting for the New York Yankees, the shortstop number two, Derek Jeter.
1: Guys, once again for joining me on the Rich Core Yanks Pod, season three, episode number six. And before me and Dylan get going here today, uh, we're going to play a couple of clips here, some audio clips, the latest on the labor negotiation between baseball and the players' union. We've got some uh, audio from Yankees Hot Stove talking about some potential rule changes and an interesting topic uh, I found interesting, a story about uh, the impact of what would happen if there were no spring training in the Arizona area out in the Cactus League. So we hear a lot about uh, the impact of you know, uh, the owners and so on and so on and the players, but uh, a little bit how uh, a potential missing games would affect Uh, local people and not just fans but local businesses out in Arizona so all that more on this week's episode of the Rich Corey Yanks podcast so let's get going
2: ladies and gentlemen can I please have your attention I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball!
3: The shift is very polarizing. Uh, We know it's changed the game. Maybe it's changed it too much taking hits away that can be debated but would you do anything to either ban or regulate shifts in games. I'm not a big fan of that. You know once again you're sort of telling managers how to manage as opposed to you know nudging them in different directions whether it was a pitch clock or some of the other rules we've talked about limiting the number of pitchers on on a roster managers will adjust to that much easier but the shift I don't know. Um, you know, we, we've seen, you know, even on the Yankees, Joey Gallo lay down bunts down the third base line. I see fans get really excited about that. We, we've seen some hitters start to take advantage of it, certainly with two strikes, maybe go the other way a little bit you know, in terms of a shift beater type of a swing. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure I'm ready for for that kind of action. I, I would be against it right now. I'm willing to discuss it, but I'm not a big fan of, of banning the shift. Alright Coney. thank you for that we hope to see you again soon thanks for joining us on our show I do want to stay here at the desk and get your guys take on that as well if it's not a complete ban and I get that can you do some regulations Where, for example one example people have thrown out there how about you have to keep two guys on each side of second base
2: and there was a minor league level that did that last year not only two guys on each side of second baseball but you could not have your foot on the outfield grass so basically the way that we grew up watching baseball but I'm kind of with David on this I don't like the idea of outlawing the shift I think if the defense does something to you as the offense you have to figure out a way to react I've talked to Paul O'Neill about this now he was a guy who hit the ball to all fields but Paul said that if he played today He would adjust to a shift. And Buck Showalter said O'Neal would destroy the shift because he had an inside-out swing. Keep your hands in, start your swing a little bit later, hit the ball the opposite way. O'Neal said, is it hard to do? Yeah, it's hard to do. But everything is hard to do in the Major League. So I don't love the idea of banning the shift.
3: Uh, I don't like
2: legislating against smart. That's what you're doing. You know, teams have found out a better way to skin a cat where we'll take base hits away from you. I I, I saw it with my own eyes. They turned Mark Deschere from a 300 hitter into a 240 hitter, and he didn't adjust because he said his job was to hit home runs. So if you really want to stop it, you have the hitters go the other way, but the hitters aren't going to go the other way until you legislate against the fact, at least financially, that you're not going to be rewarded just for home runs. But as long as players are going to be rewarded for home runs, they're not going the other way. They're not going to bunt down the third baseline as a lefty so every incentive for them is to pull the ball over the wall i don't know how you change it but to legislate against it you're too smart i'm gonna take you down a peg i don't know if that's cool
1: thank you for joining this video subscribe if you're new around here check out my second channel where i'm going to be posting video games as well as card openings a lot more content coming to that channel link in the description and the comments thank you so much for joining see you
4: soon
3: MLB lockout is now heading into its third month, and it is putting this year's Cactus League in serious jeopardy of starting on time.
2: Still, businesses say they are optimistic there will be baseball this month. ABC 15's Patrick Hayes hears from them and explains.
0: Ilvenayo has been open for 13 years in downtown Mesa, and they're getting ready for their busy season.
5: And spring training or not, it's still our busiest season, but with spring training, it really brings extra crowds and a lot of fun too because people are coming in, they're celebrating, they're looking forward to seeing a baseball game.
0: Baseball is supposed to get started in a few weeks, but the ongoing lockout could push things back. Are we going to have baseball this spring? Uh, We're hopeful. Major League Baseball and the Players Union are striking out when it comes to making a new deal. The Cactus League tells me they plan on starting February 26, but we asked if games could be pushed back or even canceled if a new deal doesn't get signed. What we have to be ready for as far as timing or any of the things that you mentioned completely out of
3: our hands, it's just so difficult to speculate.
0: Usually spring training brings in hundreds of millions of dollars into our state. In 2020, some of the games were canceled and then last year they had limited capacity last last couple of years, it was, it was rough. You know, they didn't all get to come. They didn't all get to travel. According to the league, they had a $644 million economic impact pre-pandemic. And in 2020, it dropped to $363 million, costing businesses and cities millions of dollars. Covinayo says they're optimistic. Spring training will start on time.
5: Well, we definitely are. I'm just hoping that they reach an agreement with a collective bargaining agreement and uh, owners and the lockout. So I, I'm very positive about that.
0: In Mesa, Patrick Hayes, ABC 15, Arizona.
5: But it looks like Dan that there's there's some movement going on here, both sides with this lockout.
3: Well, I mean, just like Billy and I, anytime we're communicating, which is not often, <laughs> we are actually making progress. And I, you know, the fact that they are communicating, and I think they're starting to narrow down their differences, is a really good sign. Yeah, I'm feeling real good about this. Anytime you have back-to-back days and there's nothing coming out of those meetings going, I didn't like what that said. I think everything's positive and looking forward for more positiveness so we can get opening day on track.
5: All right, so let's check in now with the John Paul Morosi and JP. Look, I mean, Bill and Dan, they're, they're, they're talking now. So well, we've got the owners and the Players Association. Well, what's the very latest that you can tell us?
2: And the word of the week is engagement there's been engagement on both sides about key aspects of the future cba that really matter to each side and i think number one when you look at the union side of things they wanted to find ways for younger players to be paid more money so the creation of this bonus pool for players with between zero and three years, which has been at least discussed, is a step forward. Similarly, it was key from MLB's perspective that the union dropped its request to have age-based free agency as opposed to the six years of service time, which has been the standard of this sport for decades now. That was also a key part. So instead of having what I would describe as the three-dimensional chess about philosophical questions, we're now getting down to, we agree on certain aspects of the way this CBA will look how do we now meet in the middle it's gone now from three-dimensional chess to more of a checkers thing that it actually is easier to understand certainly still some distance apart Evan Drellick reported that the at the athletic recently about about 90 million dollars or so apart on what that bonus pool will be certainly a significant number but at least both sides are negotiating about what that form
5: will actually be all right so now we're hitting the weekend when can we expect both sides to resume conversations
2: We do not yet know when the next meeting will be, but again, it does appear that there is this engagement and some momentum toward at least the next conversation, if not necessarily the deal, so to speak. So it does appear based on the union had their proposal Monday, MLB's was Tuesday, it's now the union's turn at bat, so to speak, and one would expect that the next week could bring another meeting and further conversation about ways to bring this closer, perhaps, to a resolution. I think the key point that I would mention, Fran, is that the union arriving to these negotiations with concerns at multiple aspects, whether it was the draft, whether it was free agency, or the impact of free agency on the draft, or the minimum salary. In fact, the most recent proposal from MLB has addressed all of these concerns. The draft pool is larger. The minimum salary is higher. It's very important that the notion of compensatory draft picks have been, compensatory draft picks have been agent spending, which I really think will unburden a lot of the free agent market that we're going to see. So now I think, Fran, we look at the next week to 10 days as being pretty crucial if we want to see uh, spring training begin on time because let's not forget Freddie Freeman is still out there. Some yeah, significant know, right? free agent yeah. players are still out there. <laughs> Carlos so there may have to be, Fran, what's going to be exactly a week-long activity maybe to mirror what we saw in the last days of November to really get spring training going whenever that happens. So, again, I really look optimistically towards these initial weeks of February. Yeah,
5: some $2 billion uh, were spent before we hit December 1st. Great stuff from JP. He'll be back a little bit later uh, to tell us the latest on a Japanese sensation, Seiya Suzuki. but. A uh, back inside Studio 21 so, so what are your thoughts here I mean just overall uh, from a general manager's perspective if you were in this situation where you were kind of waiting to see how things end up shaking out it at least sounds like like JP said a lot of the issues are, are being addressed kind of all at
3: once yeah I thought JP said it really well Fran when he talked about philosophically I mean the biggest concern I had is that when you're not on the same page philosophically it's hard to even discuss the specific issues involved in that philosophy. But it seems now they've narrowed down. You know, though there might be differences within each vertical that they have to resolve, at least they've narrowed down to the point they're talking about the issues within that concept, which I think is a huge step in negotiation. Yeah, when you're talking about those super two players, right, and that pool of money, Yep. yeah, that's a big number. But if both sides are saying, yes, we're going to do a pool, Then it's for them to figure that number out and whittle it down. But I really like where we are right now. I didn't know if we were going to be here, but I think both sides have done a nice job on getting together and actually understanding we need to get this thing resolved so we can get spring training going, we can get opening day. The other point I want to point out like, I've never been around a collective bargaining issue where both sides professionally have kept uh, the conversation so quiet. Right. You know, usually there's leaks all over the place, which then spur information that is usually inaccurate within within the, the confines of both groups and the fan in our fan base they've done a tremendous job on both sides really keeping the information that's being talked about you know within the confines of discussions of those rooms and I you know that's really hard to do in today's game.
1: Welcome, folks, once again to the Rich Yangs podcast, season three, episode six. And I got some feedback in the mailbag about uh, numbers. And I used to uh, Dylan. Hello, Dylan, by the way. How you doing?
4: Hi, good. How are you?
1: Sorry, sorry. Um, I, I got some feedback saying that I was talking too much. I didn't let it said let one of the messages said, let Dylan talk. They spelled your name, but they got the right idea of Let them Talk, so I got to do a better job of letting you talk. Feel free to interrupt as much as you want, but before we get into the show, uh, I used to do something in previous seasons where I would, each episode would correspond to a Yankee number, so if it was, you know, it was, you know whatever, say it was episode 99, it would be the Aaron Judge episode, and what I would try to do is uh, bring up an obscure person who wore the number before that, not just the person you would accept or would expect so this week is season three episode six uh obviously the most famous number six would be Joe Torre um little known fact or known fact maybe not for you Dylan for other people but uh Mickey Mantle was originally number six when he came up to the Yankees and I'll give you a story about that he hated that number he hated number six when he first came up because Joe DiMaggio was number five and they were already naming Mickey Mantle the new heir apparent as far as the Yankee outfielder was concerned. He hated it. He struggled when he came up. He got sent back down to the minors and when he came back up, he changed his number to number seven so that he could get rid of that number just because he had bad luck with it. So he went on to be famous for number seven. Yeah. So uh, Lou Garrick number five, Mickey Mantle, I mean, Joe Torre number six would so say be the most famous and Mickey Mantle number seven. So that being said, it's the uh, Joe Torre edition of season three. So. Let's gonna get started with some basic rundowns, breaking news. You just heard the clips about the negotiations. I, I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about he said this, she said that. Um, you know it's, it's bad because not only does the owners want a federal mediator to step in, and kind of moderate what's going on. Baseball says they don't need a moderator. Baseball unleashed their weapon a couple days ago. I don't know if you saw this, where the players started tweeting now. And uh, they were kind of mm-hmm. quiet for the first couple of weeks. But yesterday, at least in Land, I saw um, Jamison tie on. And um, Zach Britton kind of blasting the owners and sending out tweets. So it's starting to get ugly. Uh, I think we got 42 days uh, left until opening day is supposed to quote unquote really get going, and uh, right now we have no agreement. So I don't, it stinks I don't. I don't know what to say. Nobody has any answers. You get all these reporters that are camped outside meeting rooms that are just saying, "Well, nothing was settled yet." So uh, according to what I'm hearing, there's three big things that the the players want. Out of the three things, the owners have given in on one, but they're not giving in on the other two. The specifics of it, I don't know. But I mean, listen. Valentine's Day is when pitchers and catchers report 14th and 15th for most teams that's next week. So it does not look like they're going to report on time. Um, everything that I'm hearing is uh, the drop dead date for there to be any kind of spring training at all um, would be two weeks from now. So the end of February. So if they can postpone spring training or pitchers and catchers reporting two weeks, if everybody can get in camp by the end of February, the first week of March, you could still have an abbreviated spring training get everybody up to speed in a month and be ready to go for opening day where you know so i don't know what do you think though we're gonna have baseball spring training what are we gonna do
4: i think if we have a spring training at all it's gonna be very short uh which i hate that sound of that and um the thing i find interesting is the fact that you know we already had that 60 game season when covid first happened yeah And now we might even have another shortened season. But, like, don't the players care about, like, their stats, too? Because, like, if they get compared to, like, older players or newer players, they're going to have different kinds of stats. And it's not going to really reflect the kind of player they were, which I think is interesting.
1: I think the only stat they care about is their bank account, to be honest with you. And That's true. And, and I mean, it's not affecting it. Like, we already looked at, like, They don't really care about wins anymore. They don't care about ERA anymore. Batting average, they don't care about anymore. Like, the stats are constantly changing on things that are important anyway. Um, I mean, it's that next contract. I mean, I think I'm sure some of them do, all things considered. But, I mean, let's be optimistic. What I'm hearing right now, the only shortening that I'm hearing is of spring training, not regular season games. They they still want to start on time. Because once you start missing games that's money you got to pay back to cable companies that's you know money you have to give back so now now both sides are losing money those are paychecks spring training it is what it is but the thing that i worry about i mean i'm trying to be optimistic but spring training is really for the pitchers anyway to get ramped up and if you're going to mm-hmm. go from a 6 week uh throwing program to now a 4 week throwing program doesn't seem like a lot but it is because you know what you're going to have if they do a 4 week spring training they start the games on time, you know, opening day on time. These pitchers already, the first couple starts of the season, only pitch, you know, 60, in- 60 pitches or whatever. You're going to have pitchers out there pitching four innings, the first two or three starts, because they're going to have to build them up, which means you're going to be burning bullpen guys right off the jump, you know. So you start your season off with burning your arms out. And, you know, I hate that. I know it's a long season, but it's not, it's ideally not the way you want to start the season. So how you get guys hurt.
4: So you think there's going to be more injuries? I think
1: not only will there be, well, I think to placate the injuries, they're going to be super protective which means tons of roster movement early on that's, you know, maybe using six starters to start the season, you got to figure, look, the Yankees will generally build up a guy to about 80 pitches in spring training before he starts, before his first start. And even then like a Garrett Cole or these guys, when they're first start, they generally, you know, 70 pitches, they're looking to take them out already their first or two first or second starts. If they're two, if they miss two weeks of the season, that means they're missing two starts potentially so they're going to be – I think the, the ramp-up is usually 15 pitches per spring start. They up them each time. So that means they would be 30 pitches behind their ramp-up count. So you're talking about they'd be on pace if they – I mean, assuming they're not throwing now. Like, I don't know what's going on. I know the teams can't talk to the players, but I'm sure they have, you know, their own personal trainers and stuff like that that are working with them and stuff. But they'd be 30 pitches behind, which means you're you're on a pitch count starting the season of maybe 50 pitches. You know what I mean? And what does 50 pitches get you this day and age? Maybe four innings, and you're in your bullpen, you know, and then you ramp them up the next start. So you, you, they're on start four of the season until they're fully ramped up. So I don't know. I mean, look, it's, it's all speculation. I just – I just want baseball to start on time. I love spring training just because it's baseball and I love the fact that we get to see some young guys. That's the other aspect that we don't talk about. If there's less games, that's gonna be less opportunity for young guys to prove themselves and quote unquote make the team. You know what I mean? Because your guys are gonna need their at-bats. Spring training generally, the last two weeks of the of the year is the older players are ready, they're ready to go, they're just kind of, you know, milking it, have a couple at bats and they go golfing. But if you're taking two weeks away from them in spring training, they're going to need every game, which means you're not going to get a lot of the games where you have these kids out there playing. So that's less opportunity for, you know, for minor leaguers to get their shot. So I don't know. It's not like you see too many open roster spots for the Yankees anyway, where they go, oh, wow, this kid just blew us away. We kind of know what we have, but like, it's cool to see like a Dominguez or something come up in spring training and get some at-bats against some major league pitching. Gives you, you know, a little hope. He's not going to get those at-bats if there's no, you know, if Stanton needs his at-bats and Judge needs his at-bats. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. What other breaking news do we have? Okay, so in the rumor mill, I don't know if you've seen this or not, but the latest rumor is the Yankees all in on Freddie Freeman at first base. That was the big one going around this week. And apparently they had talks with him before the uh, lockout happened. And it leaked that they were uh, plan on attacking Big to try to get him when the lockout ends. And everything that I'm hearing is Rizzo will be going back to Chicago. So that's the word that I'm hearing. Rizzo to Chicago and Freeman now to the Yanks. What's your thoughts on Freddie Freeman at first base?
4: Uh, I don't know if I've ever said this before, Mm -hmm. but Freddie Freeman is definitely my favorite baseball player currently. Okay, okay. I love... The way he plays, I love his attitude. He's a good guy, you know. He doesn't argue with coaches or umpires that much, you know. He's proven himself. He's got the MVP. He's got a ring now. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he's a good guy and a good ball player.
1: What do you think about him with fit, fitting in with the Yankees the way they're currently set up right now?
4: Uh, it's great because he's a lefty bat, which mm-hmm. they need because they're so heavily right-handed, and he hits. He doesn't hit all for contact, you know. He does hit mm-hmm. I'd say probably around thirty home runs a year, something like that. But he has a pretty good average. He's usually around high two eighties, three hundreds. So I think that's great. And his glove I, is amazing as that's well. That's
1: I was just gonna ask you, so defensively he's a stud too on par with Rizzo as defensively, you think?
4: I'd say either on par or better. Okay. He's younger, he can move around better.
1: Okay. And how old is he? Do you know? He's got. He's got to be pushing late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. No? I
4: think he's going into his thirties.
1: I guess you know what. There's no excuse for me not to look at it, but, um, yeah. Well, filibuster a little. I'm gonna look it up here. Tell me more about Freddie Freeman. I'm gonna look him up here while we're.
4: Uh, he actually started on the pelicans which was a minor league team of the braves at the time but they're in myrtle beach so i think that's cool because i always go to myrtle beach every year
1: look at you so you do know a lot about him right yeah yeah all right. so i've been following him a long time Can- a canadian huh
4: yep like joey vado look
1: at that okay all right well yeah he's not as old as i thought then so let's see his uh lifetime batting average 295 271 home runs already not bad at all yeah, all right. Well, listen, I'm, I'm not – I wasn't saying I wasn't for it. I'm just kind of indifferent. Like, it's going to cost a pretty penny to get a Freddie Freeman in here, I'm sure. Definitely. Yeah, because he's coming off, what, one of his best years of his career and winning mm-hmm. a championship. So, you're looking at – I mean, I'm just spitballing here. You're probably looking at – you know, he's going to want like a five, six-year deal minimum, I would say, right? So.
4: Yeah, I'm just surprised that the Braves aren't trying to lock him down.
1: I'm sure they are, no? I mean, maybe Look, they, fi- they figured they've got the ring and now they can –
4: you know, I don't
1: know. I hate it. I I hope they're not going to be one of those teams like the Marlins or one of these teams that win and then just kind of their content. You know, we got the ring now. We can just save some money or whatever. Yeah. I hope it. I hope it doesn't end up like that. Listen, if he's on par, I, I wanted Rizzo to come back, but if if he's going to give me equal production to kind of what Rizzo was giving us or even better, I'm all for it. That's fine. Um, you just got to find what to do with Voit. So, and I don't think that's a huge decision to make. You could probably trade Voit for something. I would think. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't think you'd get like a stud for him, but I bet you, you could get a nice minor leaguer for Void. You know, he's a bat. Or worst case, uh, well, see, he can't can't keep them on the team because you don't have a DH spot really you really don't on our team we'll talk a little bit about that when we get into the outfielders here but so as far as breaking news that's about it all the other bit of news that I had here was that the minor league uh, triple-a season has been extended believe it or not so they're going from 144 games to 152 next year so they're adding some games to the triple-a schedule now I'm I'm assuming that from what I understand the lockout is only affecting guys that are on the 40 man roster and have major league contracts so it is not affecting the minor league so i guess in theory the minor league season would start on schedule you know regardless of what happens in the major league it just couldn't involve any of the contracted mlb players so i mean i guess in theory there's a scenario where single a double a triple a season start on time and there's no major league baseball which would be kind of strange but at least it'd be something i guess I don't know we'll see all right so let's see um so a bunch of interviews with our new uh single a manager rachel how do you say her name Bo- bolichek bolich i don't know but uh she's has been russia or something yeah she's <laughs> the first ever female uh manager she's been making the rounds here and uh the more and more i hear the more and more i'm impressed of uh her baseball knowledge. She really does know her stuff, just talking wise, at least. Now, uh, how she does in the dugout is going to be a different story, but I don't want to get sidetracked. Uh, what we're going to do, me and Dylan, for the next couple weeks here, or the next couple episodes, I should say, depending on when we drop them, is that uh, we're going to cover one segment of the Yankees roster. By a grouping, what that means basically is we're gonna do, you know, the outfielders one show. Then we'll talk about the infielders. Then we'll talk about the pitchers another show. We're gonna start out with the outfielders, um, and the reason we're gonna do that is because it's probably the, believe it or not, the most stable of uh, this position. So uh, we're gonna go kind of rate them what we think what's gonna happen with the outfielders. The only question for the Yankees, I would say right now in the outfielder is that that fifth backup outfielder position. So we've got Gallo right now and left. Uh, Hicks, you know, knock on wood in center, Judge and right, and that would leave Stanton as your DH slash part-time left fielder, and that leaves us with kind of a backup backup spot, you know, the Brett Gardner role if you would, which he's no longer on the roster, um, and the only other rostered outfielder right now on the active man roster is Miguel Andujar as a backup outfielder. Now I don't think primarily that that fifth outfielder slash fourth outfielder is usually a defensive guy, somebody that's fast that can play all the positions, you know, that you can use in a pinch. Um, I have heard some rumors about maybe trying to move Joey Gallo and get him out of there and uh, bring in like a veteran uh, outfielder that can play all three positions. And then maybe, you know, Stanton bounces back and forth. What do you think about moving on from Gallo or do you want to give him another year?
4: Mm-hmm. I kind of want to see what he do in a second year. You know, I'd give him probably about to like the trade deadline to say like halfway through the season, obviously. So you're um,
1: you're okay with opening up with uh, like a Gallo Hicks judge outfield with uh, Stanton DH then once in a while getting a day at left field?
4: Yeah. I, well, I'd rather see Hicks go than Gallo, which is yeah. kind of sad, but um, I also want to see Stanton play the field more because I feel like all those games where he was actually playing yeah. left field there, he did yeah. way better batting too, so... I want to see that more
1: i gotta say listen i know everybody's frustrated with hicks just because he's not been on the field for years Mm -hmm. um on paper again I, i want to preface this i seem to say this every year before the season on paper it's a great outfield, and Hicks is a great player for what we need. You need a defensive guy in center field that can cover a lot of ground. You know, he's a switch hitter, so he can hit from both sides of the plate. Like, I like Hicks in theory, but again, we just haven't seen him. But, I mean, he's he played winter ball this year, so it's not a matter of him building up the shape. Like, he's ready day one for spring training, apparently. So as long as he doesn't get hurt, you know, that should be okay. I'm with you. I would like to see Gallo get start the season with the Yankees get 200 at-bats, play every day. I think he just was blindsided. I think he came into a pressure situation just wasn't ready for. And the back of his baseball card says he's going to hit. Like, he's never not hit in his career. That's the one thing where I see these guys, like they say oh, he just came to New York and couldn't get it done. That didn't seem to be the case for me. I saw his interviews and stuff when he was talking last year. It didn't look like the town was too big for him. It was just like he was in a slump. He was struggling and just yeah. didn't have enough time to get out of it. So I'm with you. I I'd, I'd deal with the strikeouts. I love his bat. The guy, he can go get it in the outfield. I think the perfect scenario is, you know, Judge and Hicks Stant, and uh, Gallo every day in the outfield with Stant maybe getting two days a week when he's not DHing. You know, maybe you put him in there for DH for two days. Maybe he plays the field for two days, gets two days off. Now the question is, what do you do for that extra outfield spot? Is it Esteban Florio's job to lose? Do you bring in a veteran guy? Um, I don't know. Let's just say in lieu of a Brett Gardner, do you bring in a Brett Gardner type? Do you bring Brett Gardner back for one more year? Like, because you are going to need a fifth outfielder. Like, it's with mm-hmm. a 26-man roster. Stanton would have to be labeled as your DH, really and realistic. So if that's the case, you need a you need another outfielder. So they're going to carry another one. Last year it was Brett Gardner, but you know, what do you think? Who do you who do you think would fill that role?
4: I'm I'm going to say it's Estevan because I don't feel like Brett Gardner really brought much to the table last season. You know, it sucks to say because he's been a Yankee his whole life. He won the ring with them, you know, but he didn't really do much.
1: No, he did not. Numbers-wise, he had an awful year and uh, did not come up clutch at all. And listen, I love Brett Gardner. Everybody loves Brett Gardner. You know, save a day for him. You know, as a, as a as a as a great Yankee, he's not Hall of Fame worthy or not. You know, Monument Park worthy. But you know, you come bring him back, welcome him. He was a great Yankee. Celebrate his accomplishments. But he didn't have the speed anymore. He definitely didn't have the bat. All he had was defense. And you know, I want a little bit more from. My outfielder I say give Florio a choice you'll know out of spring training you'll know right out of spring training because if they don't think he's the guy they're not gonna bring him up um unless mm-hmm. there's another outfielder. I, I definitely don't think Miguel anduhar is the guy that they're gonna take as their, their extra outfielder. Um, he's in a weird spot because what do you do with him? Like he's shown flashes that he can hit and then he's another guy that's constantly hurt or there's something wrong with him so I don't know i think the and he has a weird
4: he has a weird position lineup like third base and left yeah field. Like, yeah where do you put weird. him man.
1: he just doesn't really have a home i'm with you i think stan would benefit from at least two days a week in the field um, mm-hmm. You know, they put him out there more because they had to last year. And, you know, they weren't comfortable with it in the beginning of the year. But I think two days a week and left, maybe two days at DH. And then you give him an off day to go in with the off day that the team's already going to get. I think you preserve him that way. This way, Judge has two days when he can DH. Uh, Hicks can even DH if you want. Gallo can DH. Um, I think they're pretty set for outfield. I mean, listen, the big prize is we want Dominguez, right? We want Dominguez mm-hmm. up. but it sounds like he's going to start in low A ball again. So they're not even promoting him to uh, to double A because normally we wouldn't know where these guys are going to be this early. Usually it's right after spring training. They tell you, oh, we assigned the, this person to this camp or this team. But uh, this Rachel, oh God, I'm not going to say her name again. The manager of the Tampa Tarpons has, <laughs> has went on record of how much she's been working with him and how much she's looking forward to working with him this year, which tells me that he's going to be in low A again. Yeah, um, which is good for me because I can it's close to home to my house, I can get up there and catch a couple games. Well, I'll get to see the great female manager too a couple games this year, so I'll be able to maybe do uh some recording from up there and we'll be able to maybe get some good stuff for the show. But uh, as far as outfielders, I guess it's now or never from Florio, he's never going to get a better chance than this to be that backup outfielder spot, you know, unless they they don't want him to not get at bats. That could be the other thing. That's the, always the excuse you hear is, oh, we don't want him to sit on the bench. We want him to get at bats every day. We want him to play every day. Well, you know what? It's, it's now or never. He's not a young kid anymore. He's, you know, he's been in the minors for, for what, I think five years now. So I don't know. I'd be curious to see him. He's got speed. He can play center. He can play all around the field. So hopefully uh, they give him a shot. It would be interesting. I don't know. As far as free agents, I didn't really look into it because it's a madhouse. I think there's 347 free agents right now that are going to have to sign as soon as the agreement comes in place. So it's going to be nuts. So there's going to be guys out there that you can scoop up for that outfield position. Like you could, I don't know, like I'm just throwing names out like an Andrew McCutcheon, maybe you bring him back, something like that, like a player like that that you can bring in to play once a week or twice a week to fill in here or there. So there'll be guys for that extra spot if they don't think Floreal is the answer. I just don't really know who that is that's going to be right now with the way free agency is going. So I don't know. I guess we'll see, but the outfield are pretty, I, I think we can both agree that they're okay. Like that's, pretty, yeah. that's a it's pretty a, decent outfield. Yeah. Man. It's good. outfield. I, think. Yeah. I mean, if, if you assume it's Gallo, uh, picks and judge that's one of the top outfields in baseball right there production wise offensively and defensively yeah
4: I, would, I was about to say the gloves are great
1: yeah and then you throw you know Stanton into that mix you know that's that's some bombs right there so yeah. I think I would have to be pretty okay with the outfields I guess we'll do we'll do infields next week and that's a lot of questions because you know again right now we don't have a shortstop. so but we'll get to that next week so alright so that's the outfield any more thoughts on the outfield uh, no all we're all right. set all right, so we're gonna to go to our mail question, mailbag question of the week, and we'll be right back with that in just a second. All right, so mailbag question this week is from Jose Eckard. Okay, I want to say Eckard from Long Island, New York. Uh, Jose, thank you for the question. And before we get to that, if you guys do want to reach out to the show or email the show, it's richcoreyanks at gmail.com or on all the social medias, feel free to uh, hit us up there. Um, and again, if we didn't thank you, thank you for subscribing. The numbers have been great. We're Me and Dylan were just talking about before the show, we're just about to hit 13,000 um, downloads, which is a really cool number. I appreciate all the support, guys. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's going up. Um, we'll have to do something for uh, 15 when we hit 15 uh, thousand left you know what we'll do we'll shave dylan's head or something we'll do something crazy <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll do something ex- we're not going to do that but his mother would kill me but we'll do something uh they will give away a prize or something for uh, when we hit fifteen thousand. Right. so all right all right let's get to the question uh jose 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 says i love the new format with the second person on the show uh missing one thing bring back the yankee numbers for episodes which we did today so i hope you guys uh appreciated that wait did i do that with you dylan or did i do it on the show
4: uh it was before May before, before the I show drove.
1: oh wow okay so or no we didn't oh, no, Joe but Torrey. we talked about yeah. it today right okay yeah yeah, all yeah. Right, good all right says uh i like trying to guess what player matched the number my question is my question is if the yankees have to give up top prospects to land a big name who would you be comfortable giving up Jason Dominguez or Anthony Volpe well if those are my only first of all thank you for the question Jose I appreciate it um, he's kind of putting us in a position where if we had to give up one or the other Jason Dominguez or Anthony Volpe which one would you give up and if that is the question um, geez I guess I would have to say Anthony Volpe even though he's uh-huh. closer to being ready right but
4: mm-hmm.
1: only because we have what three shortstops in our top ten prospect list I guess right
4: yeah and jason dominguez is projected to be a monster uh, the
1: the martian he's projected to be an alien species though and he's he's projected to be something out of this world not a human being but an ant well i've seen him in person he doesn't look like an alien to me but um all right i i think i get the gist of the question i don't think he was leaving it just to jason dominguez or anthony volpe i think he might have been just giving us those as examples of top prospects but um I would definitely be okay with giving up some kind of shortstop prospect, only because we've got, like I said, three of them in our top ten prospect list. Um, But honestly, I don't think we're in a situation. I'm looking around at our roster. What would you need to give him up for? I don't really see anything that you. Yeah, I don't
4: see any guys that are out there that are really worth it.
1: Not right now. I mean, maybe we're talking trade deadline and halfway through the year and there's somebody out there that we really feel we need because of an injury or something. But right now, the guys we need uh, only cost money. I hate to say it. You know, we need a shortstop. We we have three of them that are kids and the ones that aren't. There's one guys that are out there on the free agent. That's just money. Freddie Freeman at first base. That's money. You know, we don't have to give up prospects for any of these guys. Besides that, I mean. We just talked about it. There's gonna be almost three hundred and fifty free agents available. Like there's nobody that we really need to trade. There's no real big guns that I see. Our starting rotation, and we'll get to it in a couple of weeks, is pretty solid. Our bullpen is above average, especially if everybody comes back healthy. The outfield is set. The only position we need or help we need is on the infield. And technically, technically speaking, we have a first baseman in Void. So yeah, getting Freddie Freeman's an upgrade. But we technically have a first baseman. The only position we need is really shortstop. And again, we can buy those. So I'd prefer not to give up any prospects. I think me and Dylan have talked about this for a few shows now. Um, I say you go out there and sign a guy on a one or two year deal, you know, whatever you got to pay, 8 million, whatever, and don't sign anybody long-term, at short. I want to see these kids. They say this Anthony Volpe is the next coming. You know, he's the next Derek Jeter. You know, he, he's that good. So if it's going to be a year or even two years until he's ready, let's wait. Let's see what we got. Like, why would you clog up that position for seven, eight years with, you know, when you have three prospects in the minor? Unless you're telling me that um, a shortstop becomes available, and I don't know who that would be because it seems like the top shortstops besides – I mean, I don't know. I unless it was something crazy. Like you're telling me like a Tatiste or something like somebody became available. Yeah. You know what I mean, that you could get for some crazy reason, then I maybe I would talk about it. But for the most part, man, I'm I'm cool with waiting, man. I I, I know every I know Yankee fans want all stars at every position, but you know, if we would think like that, we wouldn't have the year where we had, you know, Posada, Jeter uh, you know, that year where these guys came up, they've got we've got to get kids up through our system and think about how much more you like these players when they come up from your system. It's the reason part of the reason Aaron Judge is such a fan favorite, because he was our guy. You know, it's it's not the same. That's why Stanton will never be Aaron Judge, you know, because he was bought and paid for. And again, I'm not opposed to paying for guys. But, you know, if you have the guy down there that looks like he's the answer, let's wait for him. So. I don't know your thoughts dylan what do you think you give up a jason dominguez or a volpe right now and if so for who
4: uh, uh maybe like jacob de grom yeah yeah, about exactly. it.
1: yeah we're, we're on the same Someone page. exceptional yeah.
4: like yeah it would have to be know. something
1: that would blow me away like i
4: wouldn't know. even get trout because trout has shown as injury oh God, no yeah all of a I, sudden
1: jesus i was looking at um some numbers at how uh over the last few years and how much better aaron judge's numbers are as opposed to Mike Judge, just because of the amount of time that he's missed. It's kind of crazy. Kind of crazy. All right, so I think we're on the same page there. Let's keep the prospects. Um, I hope we answered your question, Jose. Um, Me and Dylan don't want to give up any prospects. We want to go out and buy one right now. Yeah, give them a chance. Let these kids play and see how it goes. Excuse me. I got to learn how to use the mute button. All right, so again, guys, I appreciate the questions. If you have questions for me or for Dylan, um we can forward them just send them to me and i will push them along to him if you have specific questions for either one of us um i really appreciate it this week i think uh the feedback is double than it was the the week before so uh, i do see everything i'm checking to every single one i'm trying to respond to every single comment or email uh most of the stuff is coming via email um so i don't know what that says about our listeners to the show um i don't know if that means they're an older fan base or not (laughs) but uh we're getting less social and more um Email, which is fine, guys. You reach out any way you want. I have no problem with that. But social media is also a way to reach us. Um, Rich Core Yanks on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Feel free to send us a message that way too if you have any questions. If I start getting more feedback on the social side, I can do some more polls and do some stuff like that to maybe kind of spice things up a little bit. But I appreciate and uh, whoever it was, I'm sorry. I don't have it in front of me. Um, Somebody sent me a pretty cool video of. Yankee prospects uh, working out. I don't know if it was in the Dominican Republic or something like that, but uh, I appreciate all that stuff that I get too. Please keep sending that stuff too. So, all right. So I think that's going to do it for this week's show. Doing anything else?
4: I do have one interesting thing to add Let's here. Let's go. You right. yours. So think about this. Eric Cole is six foot four. Six foot four. Got it. Right. Freddie Freeman, if we get, would be six foot five. <laughs> okay. Stanton is six foot six, and Junk okay. is six foot seven. It's Jeez. like meant to be. It's perfect.
1: Jesus, Jesus. It's a basketball team. That's not a freaking. Is he? Is Freddie Freeman really that big? Really?
4: Yeah, he's a big guy.
1: Wow, good target at first base. So oh, that's good. Yeah. Wow. We'd have the. We'd legit have. Who called us the Monstars last year? I think it was somebody in a playoff game or an All Star. I think it was an All Star game, the Field of Dreams game, and uh, one of the um, pitchers for the National League said. Uh, what do you think about going in there and facing that lineup? And you call us the Monstars, so uh, it'd be pretty. Yeah, uh, frame, bring it on, man. I'm okay with having linebackers out there. Yeah, I, I, yeah, man. I remember the New York when, Giants. Oh man, we had a we had a fight a couple of years ago. I forget who it was against, and uh, it was it Judge just pushed the whole entire team back in the dugout by himself? It was great. <laughs> he literally just walked towards them, and the entire mob of players just backed up into the dugout. So. Nothing wrong with having big intimidating guys on your team, man. We're the Bronx Bombers, the evil empire. We should embrace it. I got no problem bullying people around. I just want a championship, exactly. man. I want my championship. It's been too long, man. And for you, it's been way too long. You were like a, you were in diapers a little when they boy. Was, man. Come on.
4: Yeah, nine years
1: old i was in diapers source, well. <laughs> sorry sorry about that hey guys listen thank you so much for the show i appreciate it so much guys we'll be back probably uh, once the season starts it'll definitely be weekly um right now it's you know kind of we're, we're, we're waiting a little bit until we have some stuff to talk about we don't want to get on here and just blabber about nothing but we appreciate you guys checking out please tell people if you're enjoying the show tell them to subscribe to, uh, you know, write some good reviews. There are links. If you're listening on Spotify, there's comment sections built right into the bottom of the feed on a lot of your providers. I don't know how you're getting it, but a lot of the different podcast providers, you can actually click the link right on the bottom of the link to send questions. You can leave voicemails. Um, through a lot of the services you'll see I linked right at the bottom of it. You can click on it, leave actual voicemails. If we get enough of those, we can also play some of those on the show if you, you wouldn't mind. So if you have questions that way, we can do that. We'll continue to build it here. We got a good thing going. People seem to like the two-man uh, back and forth that we have here. And uh, again, I don't know what it says about my show before that, that you guys like it so much more with Dylan, but whatever. Not going to take it personal, so.
4: It just adds to an already we'll, great show.
1: We'll see how he feels shave his head. Anyway. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Go
4: Yanks.
0: Didn't he? Hold <laughs> it like an egg. Yeah, and he scrambled the son of a bitch. Look at that. He hit the fucking bull. That gets a free steak. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh yeah,
5: I'm having a blast. Nice. Good. God, sucker teeth off in that like he knew I was gonna throw a fastball. He did know. How? I told him.